Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. And welcome to another episode of Thrive Like a Parent podcast. Today, I feel called to share another layer of my story and my story of grief. And one of the reasons is because of the news of Twitch. If you haven't heard, Twitch worked for Ellen for many, many years and he's a dancer and I've watched him from the moment he stepped onto So You Think You Can Dance to, you know, watch his career. This part of my story needs to be shared because it's the same feeling that everyone walked away with when Jonathan died, which is shock. It wasn't a shock to me. And I don't know if it was a shock to Allison, but it was a shock to every single person who knew Jonathan. And I feel that if you yourself are struggling, this will be of benefit as well as if you are a caretaker or a support to anyone, your spouse, your friend, any loved one who is not doing well mentally, emotionally, physically, like all the different things. Because as a caregiver, this is important to know. After I share with you some of my personal stories, I'm going to talk with you about what it looks like to support a loved one through mental illness. And I've been asked that over and over and over, like, what do I do? Like, I'm I'm trying here, but I, like, what do I do? Yeah. And so if that is you, please stick around because I look forward to being able to express those things to you of what you can do for you because that is just as important. I think the main theme we have seen from Twitch's passing is that mental illness and depression and anxiety and whatever the darkness he had was, it doesn't always look like you think. He, yes, smiled and showed his brightest sunshine on his dances and within his dances with Allison and on Ellen. And he had a phenomenal smile and incredible laugh. And so it's like, what? Oh my gosh. Like, you have no idea how hard it is to make it in the dance world. Like, if you're a dancer, you know. But if if you're not a dancer, you don't know. Like, It is so hard. I looked at my parents 
before college and I was like, I'm not going to college. They're like, uh, <laughs> I was like, nope, I'm not going. I'm going to California. I'm going to dance. And they were like, sure, if you pay for it, like best of luck to you. And I was like, mm. <laughs> they're like, yep, we'll support you through college. But like, if that's the choice you take, I was like, <gasps> like shaking in my boots and I didn't do it. And I have such regret for not doing it. But at the same time, I truly feel that my path is where it was meant to be. And now I get to support so many through something else that I love, as well as I get to do performing through my reels. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. No one would have ever assumed. From what I know, I believe that Jonathan was even on phone calls and meetings hours before he passed. And yes, I knew how hard life was for Jonathan there were days where I had to wake up three boys instead of two and make sure all of them got off to school or work or make sure at least Jonathan was sitting up and logging into his computer in bed. And I'm telling you, like, no one knew we lived in New Orleans. They were all shocked, all of our friends and family. Now I'm in Texas all of our friends here were shocked. Every single person at Jonathan's work was blown away in complete disbelief shock. The craziest part, are you ready for this, is that when Jonathan, Jonathan was at that company for three years, the first year he made rookie of the year. The second year he was number one in his company. That year he attempted and then the third year, he was also number one in his company and went off to a facility to gain support and took medical leave. My husband was the number one sales rep in his company three years in a row with severe depression and severe, severe anxiety and fatigue and exhaustion and dark thoughts. After Jonathan's passing, of course, I've done so much emotional healing and work on myself and trying to put the parts and pieces together because even though I knew that this was a possibility and like I just said, he had attempted. So that in the past, this has happened, yeah, more than once. And and um, I knew it was, I knew it could happen. But yet I was still, I knew it could happen, but like, I can't believe it happened. Like, I can't actually believe he did this. Like, I cannot believe it. Jonathan passed in April. He was doing phenomenal in his job the first three months of that year of 2021, he would have, I mean, he would have crushed it. You know, he was getting back on track of figuring out this, this life of us not being together. And it's right. It's like, but so as I've pulled all the pieces together, this is my opinion. And I'm sharing this with you because it may help you understand maybe individuals that you know in your life who this has happened to, or maybe your own spouse who is struggling with this or trying to put the pieces and 
parts together of even figuring out how to rack your brain around Twitch's death, right? So I believe that the facade for Jonathan, right? It was it was it was so immaculate. It was so phenomenal. Not one person had anything negative to say about Jonathan. They meaning outside, externally, outside the walls of my home, they saw the best version of Jonathan. But when Jonathan was in the home, in his safety, in his most trusted space, he was his most authentic and most vulnerable and most true self. He was able to take the mask off and just show me some of it. As much as he showed me, I moved through a lot of parts and pieces as I processed all of this, like as much as I saw him in pain and as much as he discussed his depression and darkness, like it must have been 20 times worse than he ever showed. Must have. I think the vast polarity between Mr. Number One, charismatic, kind, awesome dude at work, right? And w- with his buddies and with his dad friends and with his high school buddies, like Mr. Number One, just like a good guy, the man I met, the man I fell in love with, the amount of demons he was fighting to be able to keep that going as well as the emotional and mental effort it took for him to show up that way. I started to see it dwindle. I have this video of him from his, one of his last birthdays we were together and literally videoing him with the kids by his side. We're saying happy birthday to you. And he, he's in a fog. There's, friends all around us. He, he was, it just looked like he had 10 pounds of sand on his back, but he could get through it without everyone knowing because he could push a little towards the end. And I think that is what equates to the shock is like, but I don't understand. Like, Twitch was just smiling in a reel, right? That doesn't necessarily mean that that's the truth. There are so many who we have had this experience of this happening to, either you hear about it or you know someone who's done this, and it's shock. Because I believe that Jonathan was so hard on himself, right? Do you see that? Because he was number one in his company, yet so debilitatingly exhausted and fatigued at home and depressed and not doing well, right? And so the demons that that equates to is more pressure to show up and smile, more pressure to continue to be number one, more pressure to perform, more pressure to keep the mask on. And then I believe that Jonathan ripped himself apart for how hard it was to continue being that 
version of himself. I think that a lot of what we see in today's world is keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up financially, keeping up, I don't know, skin, hair care, I don't, whatever that is, right? Like I do my jam, but what that means is I'm trying to stop to not, I'm trying not to color my hair. I'm trying to embrace the gray. That's what that means. Trying to do my thing. Anyway, we're on a rat race. And if you feel like you're on a rat race and it's never ending, right? Like that can lead to not such great thoughts. And the hard part is no one talks about how exhausted they really are. No one talks about how hard it is to even fill up your gas, purchase your groceries, keep the lights on, pay your mortgage or rent. Like this is hard, but somehow it's, oh, hey, Susie, we're great. Yeah, I just bought 15,000 Christmas presents for Sally. I know, like she's getting the my pocket poly, whatever the hell that is, right? Like we're not really truly talking about anything at times other than fluff, right? You know, the craziest thing happened to me. I had never, ever received, and now I do all the time, and I appreciate you sharing. Um, And now that you know that I'm okay talking about those things, I do believe that's why you all reach out to me more about where you're at emotionally. But I had never gotten a DM about someone being so low that they wanted to end it all. And I got one two weeks after Jonathan passed. Never, I've never gotten one. And then all of a sudden, two weeks. It brought up a lot, of course, in me. And I was, of course, triggered. I took some time for myself. And at the state that I was in, And it was, of course, my first time. I immediately was like, can you talk? Are you someplace you can talk? And we hopped on a video call and I let her speak. And she shared that she had felt like this once before and that she called a hotline and they helped her get through. And then she was starting to feel like that again. And I just let her talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And I looked at her with tears in my eyes and I said, you DM'd me for a reason and this happened for a reason. And that reason is for me to share with you that your children want you here because my children want their dad here because I lost my husband to suicide two weeks ago and we just both cried and we talked through what she had done and we had talked through meaning done support wise, like what she had had support wise. And she shared with me that she wanted to end it all. But at the end of the day, what we got down to was she never, ever, ever had shared this with her partner. And I, I made her do it. (laughs) Like, I don't really know what else to say. Um, she promised me she would. And I promised her that they would love her with open arms and share with her and support her and give her all the support she needed. 
And she told me the reason she didn't want to tell her husband was because she didn't want to put any more burden on him. And we DM'd throughout the weekend and I checked in on her and made sure she was doing well. And then I asked if she was able to share with her husband yet. And she said, no. And I said, your deadline is Sunday. (laughs) And she said, I promise, I promise I'm going to do this. And she did. And then we talked back and forth again and she's doing okay now. We kept in touch for a really long time, but it's because she was able to have someone share with her how okay it is to talk, to talk about the hard things. Jonathan did not talk about or share or lead on or show or demonstrate or give a tiny little glimpse to anyone. No one knew. I was at Miraval this summer. I go there to regulate my nervous system, take some time for me. My mom takes the boys. It's fantastic for me. And I did this new activity this year I've never done. And you go paint a horse. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to like this. It's fine. Like whatever, but I'll try it. Cause I'm so open and I'll go try everything. And it's pretty cool. Cause I'm here and blah, blah, blah. So I went and there were, I believe four of us women, all women. And last year when I went, when I tell you, I was like a sack of crying potatoes on the floor. Like I mean, I should have worn a fanny pack with like Kleenex in them, like constant. You know, I would get into any sort of anything at Miraval, any of the activities. They'd be like, please share your name. And I'd be like, hi, I just lost my husband. And then like, like I just let it out. Like I, I, I just let the waterworks come and I did so much healing. And when we all went around and shared for this particular activity this past summer, the women were so closed off into, well, I'm just here with my girlfriend, you know, just, just wanted to get away. And, you know, that's fine. Like, totally. Like, you get to decide how much you, you divulge. And you know, I'm the one that's like word vomiting my vulnerability over here. Yeah. Really, really soaking it in and like taking advantage, right, of all that they have to offer. You know, when it gets around to me, of course, I'm doing a little bit better this year than last. And I explained, you know, that I came last year and I did a lot of mourning and grief around Jonathan's passing and it was so healing for me. And we had the same instructor, so I loved seeing her there. And um, it was just a wonderful healing experience. And I was really excited to be out there with the horses again. And I got to see the horse that I worked with last year. And it was just beautiful to see the difference between last year and this past year. And so we go and start paying the horses. And you know me and tracking my nervous system, I recognized that I was doing really small strokes in the beginning and really trying to make it fine tune. And then I somehow was able to kind of let go and just do really large, beautiful strokes. And while we were doing it and painting the sides of our horses, our leader was coming up to us and saying, you know, talking about it, talking through some things, helping us, you know, do some processing, all the different things. And one of the women kept checking in on her friend. She was like, you all right down there? How you doing? Like every now and then. Then the leader went up to her and she was like, hey, she's got this, like everything going okay. And she's like, well, you know, she's, she's going through a lot. And oh, gosh, I shouldn't even tell you this, but like she, you know, is considering divorce. And like, she's talked about like ending in suicide this weekend. And like, I'm just trying to, you know, check in on her. And I was like, like my brain just like boop went off and I was like, oh, 
boy. Miss Nosy over here couldn't help herself. I walked up to the woman who just had said that, the friend, and she was next to me horsewise. And I said, I'm so sorry. Did I overhear that your friend is not doing so well? And she's like, oh gosh, oh gosh, she would, she would kill me. She would kill me if she knew I, if you heard anything. Oh gosh, don't say anything. And I was like, Abs- like absolutely, like, I understand. Um, and I said, I just want you to know that I myself recently began a divorce and then my husband ended up committing suicide. And if she wants to talk or she needs to feel like she has anyone, like I'm just letting you know, I'm happy to, to support her. And she was like, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh, you can't like, you just, no, 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 no. And I was like, okay, okay. Just the, we don't talk about it type of thing, right? Like so embarrassed, so mortified, can't believe anyone knows like, no, like that is, that is secret, right? And it's okay. I'm telling you it's okay if it's a secret, but I'm also telling you it needs to be talked about. Yeah. So I went back, walked back to my horse after I was nosy. Like I'll totally fully take that on. Like I'll totally admit that, right? Like I butted in. Yeah. I have a tendency to do that. Can't help myself. I really care about people. Anyway, all of a sudden I got angry and I was like, my strokes of like painting this horse were completely different. And I was almost to the point of shaking because if I had just allowed this to be something that wasn't hidden in our marriage, if I had somehow supported John into saying it's okay to like tell people now he would never have. Right. But now I know differently. And I feel like I at some level have a calling to tell you that you get to say the uncomfortable things. You get to talk about the things that matter most. You get to talk about your deep, dark, whatever. And if those people aren't open to listening, then go find someone who can support you and who is willing to listen because talking about it is processing. One of the reasons that I do voice messaging with any of my one-on-one clients and any of my Thrive Moms is because I need you to practice. Practice word vomiting. I need you to stop holding it holding on to it yourself. I need you to let it out and not just hold on to it and and deal with it yourself. Like pop the balloon and just let like just like deflate it out. Like just go. It feels so much better. Like it just does. Oh, I can't believe I did this looking back, but all right, we finished the horse painting and then of course our leader was like, "All right, ladies, let's talk." You know, like, how did it feel for you? How was it for you? And so when we get around to me, you know me, I'm like all open. I'm like, I'm like, talk it out, like share it, right? Like complete opposite of these two women. And I shared the story and I was like, and I looked directly at the woman who was struggling. And I said, and I of course looked at the friend and I was like, I'm so sorry. Like you've done nothing wrong. I like, I am going to share my feelings of how this was for me. And I looked directly at the woman and I was like, my husband passed from ending his own life. And before that, he and I were in the midst of a divorce. And she immediately just like started breaking down crying. And I was like, I want you to know that it is okay to talk about because I wish he had more. And you're not broken. You're not crazy. And you don't have to do this alone. And there are people who will listen as long as you need, you do not have to feel like you're occupying people's time or a burden or like you're not a burden. 
You're not. I supported and listened to Jonathan for 10 years, 10 years. And yes, does sometimes darkness win? Sadly, excruciatingly, painfully, yes. I'm not saying that if you do that, I promise you this person will stay. Like, I'm not saying that. But the place to start is by talking, saying the uncomfortable things and sharing the things that you feel like you need to hold on to on your own. I want you to talk and I want you to keep talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. Yeah? Like, it's okay. And if you don't have anyone, I would love to support you. My team would love to support you. We do that and thrive every single day. And the healing you get from that and the allowance to be like, okay, it is totally okay to share my feelings. Totally. What you get out of that, it's like relief. Think of how you feel when you first walk in maybe to a therapy appointment and how you feel at the end, maybe how you feel the next day, right? It like takes the edge off. And I want you to know that your words matter. So for those who are supporting loved ones through mental health, I get those DMs so often. We've done everything. I don't know what to do. Like, what do I do? I wish they would get some help. Like, I hate this saying, but it's, you can lead a horse to water. Like, I hate that. I hate that I have to tell you that. Like, I cannot say that enough because I spent 10 years trying to figure out how to help him and I didn't save him. But what I recognized was that wasn't my job and I couldn't be responsible for that. And so if you are the one who is supporting a loved one with mental illness, the best thing I did for myself was finally not just a therapist, but like finally invest in some serious, really baller support with voice messaging like I offer, like with all of the things. And it transformed my own life on the way to my own healing. I know you, if you're taking care of someone with mental illness, I know you're going above and beyond and you're doing your caretaking role. And if you are doing that type of role, thinking about having someone else open up their arms and let you find a place within there to like snuggle up and cry and weep. Like, oh no, like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. Like he, he, she, like they, they need this. Like, mm -mm, I'm, I'm fine. Like, let, let's figure them out. Like, that's the goal. The goal is to help that human. I'll be fine once they're fine. You're not fine. You're not fine. I wasn't fine. We are supporting our loved ones, friends, family, whoever it is, because we love them and we want to do it. We are making a choice to do it, but that doesn't mean that you individually don't need a place to land for yourself. There are so many support groups when there's camps for kids. There are so many support groups for spouses who are dealing with a loved one who has cancer or camps for kids whose parents have passed from this and that. There are support groups for widows who have lost a loved one due to suicide, but there aren't chat groups for I'm, I'm caregiving for my, my husband or wife or, or, or best friend or like who has severe XYZ. Like 
depression or this or that, like that's few far in between. Because if, if you're the one that's doing well, you think I'm the one that's doing well, they're the one that's not. I'm telling you, you need support. And this is one of these things where like, I really wish I could put my arm through the mic, through your earbuds and, and like beg you, you have just like the horse to water, like you have to decide you're so worthy of that. And this is hard. I can't beg your person who is struggling to gain the right type of support. I tried it for 10 years, but what you do have control over is yourself. And that's what I did. I took control of myself and my own well-being because my children needed me. And I was drowning. I was absolutely drowning. And I didn't even recognize how badly I was drowning until I started feeling lighter. My sunshine came back and I was still able to support Jonathan through it. If you need support, please reach out. If you know someone who could benefit from this particular podcast, please send it to them. Help me help whoever needs it. While I don't take on the responsibility of the world or all the humans in it, I feel called to share in this way and I feel called to help others and say certain things that aren't shared enough. And as always, I can't thank you enough for being here and listening and being part of my community while I talk about so much, right? The healing of our own brain and body, regulation, taking care of ourselves, parenting, how to parent our kids, as well as widowhood, right? Like it's a total mixed bag over here, but it's life. It's real. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. So until next time, take care of yourself. XOXO, Dr. B.